Well, when I sat down in early January to put this chapel series together, I actually thought this would be the easiest passage to preach on in the whole series. The more challenging passages would be the ones that we've already covered about the Big Bang, the Six Days, where are the dinosaurs, etc. I didn't think that this passage would be that difficult. And that's because in early January, Australia was on fire. And we were all pretty much convinced that these fires were our fault. That our management of our natural resources had been out of step with nature for too long. And now we were reaping the results that led to such devastation. In today's passage, we saw God places humanity above all of creation so that we would uh, rule it under God's blessing by ordering creation for his good. Of course, the next step in Genesis is the sin of Adam and Eve, which disrupts this good order, which means that now rule over our planet is done in a corrupted way. And the bushfires served as a perfect yet brutal reminder that we have got the rule of our planet wrong. We have been tyrants with our natural resources at the expense of our ecosystems. And in trying to subdue the earth, we have gouged it beyond repair. We have not ruled as God would have us rule. The blessing God gave us, we have turned into a curse. But as this term has gone on, and as we've made our way through Genesis 1, it has felt less and less like we are the apex predator of our planet. Instead, with COVID-19 trampling across the globe, we have felt more like prey than ever before. We have been reduced to cowering in our burrows like Amazonian wildlife, avoiding the corona bulldozers that are ploughing through our habitat. Our way of life has been completely disrupted beyond our control. It, it doesn't feel like we have just botched ruling God's planet. It feels like we've lost that rule altogether. So how does this command from God for us to be fruitful and multiply, to, to rule and subdue our planet for good, how does that bear up not just in light of our sin, but in light of this scarifying pandemic? Well, in verse 31, we are told that God saw all that he had made and it was very good indeed. God's creation in Genesis 1 is very good and it is still very good despite our sin and despite this virus. I put the finishing touches on this talk while sitting in my backyard and admiring the small pear tree that we planted recently, which we've come to nickname our Corona Pear. It's got a fragile beauty about it. And as I, I looked around at the rest of my garden, I remembered its fragile beginnings and how lush and beautiful it looks now, especially with some rain. My garden and the rest of our planet still bears the blessing of God's creativity, beauty and majesty. God's word waltzed order and magnificence out of that little garden in Eden effortless, effortlessly across the globe, gliding across the dance floor of the earth, leaving us breathless in its wondrous wake. But hot on the heels of this dance has been the riot of our sin, trudging greedily across the planet, leaving an unmistakable smear everywhere. Like that kid who steps in dog poo and walks all the way down the aisle of the bus and everyone knows there's just something a little bit off on that bus trip. 
And then that kid gets to school and goes up to his mates and everyone's like, Hey, Gareth, you stink. I mean, hey, kid that I just made up and who is definitely not me. You stink. God's creation is still very good, but it has been left reeking of our sin. God still has us in the position as rulers and subduers of his planet. It's just that now we're doing it with the dog poo of sin under our heels. Which means that no matter how much we try to beat this planet into submission, we actually trample our sinfulness into the ecosystem. When we told God that we could rule without him, well, God patiently allowed us to try that out. The Bible speaks of God giving us over to our desire to rule without him. And now humanity has spread its stinky rule globally and consistently for generations. So that even at a bacterial level, it is corrupted. Now hear me carefully here. I'm not saying that this corona outbreak is the result of someone's particular sinful actions. Nor am I saying that those who are suffering from it are being punished for a particular sinful act. But what I am saying, and what God has always said in his word, is that we live in a world where the corruption of sin is simply the stinky air that we breathe. We chose to subdue this earth not for its own good, but for our own selfish ends. We have ruled so poorly that the more we have sought control the more chaotic our planet has become and the more fearful and helpless we feel within it. And that is why we need to look to Jesus more than ever because he came into human, uh, into human history at a time when illness was a, a funk that always hung in the air. Medicinal knowledge was pretty limited. A simple fever could spell death. Touching the sick, even being in their presence, was a fearful thing. And the panic of disease often descended on villages. That sounds familiar, doesn't it? But he was a man who not only told the natural world to be still when wind and waves crashed, but Jesus also seemed to be able to immediately reverse and eradicate illness. At a word or a touch, he healed scores of people restoring order. Jesus came into our cursed world and seemed to be able to at last bring blessing. Fevers, virus, death, he could remove them from us and cast them away. He subdued the natural world in those moments and stood in the rightful place as the true human who under God ruled for creation's blessing. And so at this time, as we draw closer to Easter, we remember the key moment where Jesus again placed himself under God and above the earth. He was raised up on a cross. But this time he was not under God's blessing, but his curse. Christ became the curse that we had brought on this earth. All the chaos, decay, disorder of this planet that flows from our rejection of our creator, it more than infected Jesus' body. It riddled it unto death. He felt more than a little loneliness on that cross. He felt the utter isolation from the heavenly father he had dwelt with for eternity. The pandemic of our sin that ravaged the globe 
It was all localized in a cosmically lethal dose on Christ. But after he became sin for us and died, his innocent antibodies kicked in. Righteous life pumped once more through those veins and he emerged from what had appeared a permanent quarantine to new and renewed life. He rushed to do the things we long for at the moment, to share a meal with friends. Each step through Jerusalem left whispers of renewal everywhere. I want you to see that in the gospel there is a pattern of curse, corruption, rejection and death being swallowed up by life, reconciliation, renewal, blessing. A blessing to us and for our planet. This is not a new story. And while it is hard to think about experiencing blessing and reconciliation for us and our place on this earth when we are so isolated and oppressed at present, this is also the most focused time you might ever have to consider your place in God's cosmos and the unswerving hope of his eternal blessing in Jesus. So I pray you'll use this cursed isolation to know the blessed reunion you can have in Jesus.